we are in number four of our series, part four, of building mature disciples. And uh, week one, we had, just by way of recap, I like to do a little recap to bring us up to speed so we can just flow right into things. But in week one, we took a great deal of time to explain what the definition of discipleship really is. And we explained it from a biblical standpoint. We did not have to reinvent the wheel, but Jesus defined discipleship as one that is a follower and one who is willing to give up the entirety of his whole life to follow him. And that is what we learned in part one. In part two of our series, we talked about the importance of having a devotional time, prayer time, or time alone with Jesus. We then spotlighted the life of Mary and Martha and showed the contrast between the two of them. Uh, Mary was one who was uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning and listening to him, where Martha, she was so busy with so many other things that she was distracted. And uh, we understand that God calls us uh, to, uh, to make sure that we're spending time with him and that, and that even though there are so many distractions that are out there, that we got to be careful to make sure to put Jesus on the schedule. Put him on the schedule on a regular basis and he'll bless your life for it. And then last week we talked about uh, growing up. The idea behind that particular sermon was that, that there's an expectation to grow beyond just being saved. That, that we all must come to this place as we are walking with God and understanding and developing and maturing that it's not just about being saved, it's about being transformed. Uh, it's about being uh, conformed to the image of Christ. So God, Christ did not save us just so that we can say whoopee and, and rejoice that we're going to heaven, which we do rejoice that we're going to heaven. But he saved us so that we can be uh, a little Jesus, as if you will, on planet Earth. He wants us to be transformed. So every day there should be, watch this, now every day there should be a little bit of you that is being shed off. <laughs> every single day there's a little bit of you that is being shed off and there's a little bit more of Christ that is uh, directing your life and being a part of who you are. And so let's just kind of jump into my topic for the day. The topic for the day is biblical application. Biblical application. Now, I've kind of hinted toward this throughout the series, but I really felt impressed by the Holy Spirit because I wanted to go a different way. But he, he just kind of told me that I need to make sure uh, to drive home this point of biblical uh, application because I have said throughout this series that it's not about how much you know, but it's about how much you grow. Knowledge alone will not make you a mature disciple. Knowledge alone will not really change your life. You know, there's a lot of people that have knowledge, but it is the application of what you hear. It is the application of what God shows us that's really going to change and impact our lives and then enable us to be able to impact the lives of other people. And so I want to drive home this point today of, of the importance of application. And in other words, uh, not just simply hearing what the word of God says, but let there be more of an emphasis on doing. See, what was your, and this is a question for you, and I want you to answer it within your heart. But when you came to church this morning, when you came, when you came into those doors what was your general thought as it relates to your whole idea about coming to church? Was it to come because, you know, I wanted to check off a box? You know, I'm 
supposed to be in church on Sundays and, you know, and that's it. So I'll just come and I'll fulfill the obligatory practice of coming to church on Sunday. Or did you come because, you know, I just need, you know, God just to give me an encouraging word. I had a really rough, rough week and, you know, I just want God to just give me something that just, just inspire me. So I hope Pastor Bailey give me something that's really get me going. Or did you come with an attitude that says, Lord, I come, number one, to worship you. But beyond that, Lord, I want you to speak to me. Did you come with an attitude of unwilling to be changed? See, there's a difference between being inspired and changed. I preached a message one time, and the message was entitled, uh, Inspired versus Change. And which one do we like? Best Now, inspiration is okay as long as it's inspiring us to be more like Christ. So the idea is that we need to come into, as we approach the scripture, as we approach the, the things of God, we need to approach it with an attitude of, Lord, what are you saying to me? And God, watch this, and whatever it is that you're saying to me, here's the attitude, God, whatever it is that you're saying to me, when you reveal it to me through your word, I'm at a place in my life right now that I'm ready to obey. Are you there yet? Are you there at that place where the Bible, where God, where the, where the word of God says it, you see it? Or are you at a place where you're still saying, uh, I know that's what the Bible said, but, you know, I'm having a hard time with that. You know, and, you know, perhaps that's outdated. God don't really mean that today. You know how we, you know how we do when we don't really want to do something. You know, um, because the blessing is in doing. That's the whole point. The blessing is in doing. So you can come into a church and sit week after week and you can hear, as we said before, you can sit week after week and you can hear words. But it's not until you make up in your mind that, you know what, I'm coming to church. I'm not only going to hear what the word of God said, but I'm going to make it my point to obey. Lord, I'm committing myself, Lord, to obey what I hear. Even if what I hear, it doesn't resonate with my fleshly appetites. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because your fleshly appetites are just that. They're fleshly appetites that does not have any substance, any root in the things of God. So this battle that we all are confronted with of the flesh is the flesh. We're always going to have that battle. But the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, I want you to understand what that simply means. Jesus didn't just come, as I said before, he didn't just come to save us. He came to destroy the works. Everybody say works. See, the works have to do with the works that, the works that are inspired by Satan. The works that are in us. Sometimes, you know, the, 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 the demonic works that are trying to work, are, you know, that's trying to work their way to the forefront in our own lives. God came to destroy the works of the devil. In other words, he came to transform us. And the only way that he's going to transform us is through this book. See? And this is why the devil attacks this book so badly. See, we think sometimes that we look at some of these different uh, entities within our uh, society that are attacking the Bible, and they attack the Bible on a regular basis. 
You hear them constantly say that the Bible is outdated. You hear them constantly say that Christians are narrow-minded. You hear them constantly say that, that you know, and you even hear some preachers now, watch, watch this now, they are, they, they are only picking parts of the Bible that they know people want to, y'all hear what I'm saying? There's a, you got preachers now that are only preaching what it is that people want to hear. But how many know when you preach the whole counsel of the word of God, that sometimes God will step on your toes. You're going to hear, look, if you go to a church or you're part of a ministry and they never ever, you are never convicted and you're never, you're told to never step down. I got a, you got a question, is that of God? Because I'm going to tell you right now, church, that I've been saved for 27 years and I still read this book and God keep on stepping on my toes. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Every time I turn around, I'm always, he's always telling me, uh-uh, stop, don't do it. And I've been doing it for 27 years. But the beauty of that is, that's the confirmation. That's, the, that's how he's conforming us then to the image of Christ. And, and watch this, church. And until there is a real commitment, I'm taking a little bit of time to explain this, and then I'm going to get into the word. But, but it's until it's a real commitment, and I want, I want you to get that into your spirit. I want you to think to yourself, Lord, is, am I really committed to obedience? Ask yourself, am I really committed to that? Oh, Lord, am I still in the valley of indecision? Lord, am I? Because until there's a real commitment to say, Lord, I'm going to follow the word, then there could really be no real spiritual maturity. Your growth level in God will cease at that moment. It will cease. Why? Because you have not made a determination, a decision to follow him and obey what you're hearing. And God doesn't waste his words. He's not going to keep pouring and keep pouring and you're at a place where you're not receiving. God will stop and he'll keep you right where you're at. And if you will, you'll roam around in a circle until you break it by making a decision. Say, Lord, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm tired. How many of you ever just got to that point? I, Lord, I'm tired. <laughs> I've been fighting you long enough. Lord, I, I give up. I, I thought I knew, but obviously I'm blinded. I'm tired. So I need to, to get with you. So the three points today I, I really want to cover. Three points and then I get you out of here. Three points, and those points are this. Number one, the longevity of the word. Because in that particular section I want to talk about here in a moment, I want to give you confidence in the Bible. I want to give you confidence. You got to have great confidence in the Bible. And, and, and you know what? Until this preacher dies, I, you will always hear me preach about the Bible. And, and as time goes on and as Jesus tarry, you will hear the Bible and you will see how the Bible will be under attack more and more and more. Are you hearing me? So when you see people start deviating from the Bible, then that's when you know that the gig is almost up, that Jesus is on the way, because it's happening today. Then I'm going to talk about the importance of meditating on the word. And then I'm going to finish it by talking about the power of applying the word. Let's take the first one, the longevity of the word. I got a couple of verses here. I think these verses will help to stimulate your confidence, because I want you to be confident in the Bible. I don't want you... Uh, to be one of those that are kind of wondering if the Bible is really the word of God. Uh, the Bible is very clear that all scripture was inspired by God. God breathed and it's given to us for the correction, for understanding, so that we might fully know and expect how we are to live. But let me give you a couple other verses here. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35 says this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but by words will no means pass away. We say that a lot, but listen to it. Heaven and earth 
will pass away. In other words, the earth as we know it and the heavens above the earth, all of these will pass away. But watch this. But he says, my words will by no means pass away. Here's what he's essentially saying. That God's word is going to outlast the critics. If you're in, if you're in school, God's word is going to outlast all the mockers and those who say to you that you're a religious fanatic. God's word is going to outlast all the critics and all the mockers and all the, the uh, uh, political systems of this world that are trying to uh, push the word of God out of school, out of our government. At the end of the day, when all things are done, when this whole earth ends, when this thing is renovated, when Jesus comes back, the only thing going be to be left standing in church is his word. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, you can try to burn it. You can try to kick it. You can try to kick it. You can try to take the book and you can try to throw it away. But the Bible, listen, God says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word. Isn't it amazing that in all the history of time, that even though the Bible is constantly one of the most criticized book of all time, but yet it's still here. Isn't that amazing? And the devil keeps fighting and fighting. And, and because God has already spoken. And how many know he's not a man that he should lie? He said, this is why, this is why you can have great confidence in this book. He said, heaven and earth will pass away. So he's letting us know everything that you know of today and all the talkers and all those, the mockers and all the folks that saying all this crazy stuff. At the end of the day, I'm going to validate my word. My word is going to outlast them all. So here's what God's message to us. My message to you today is stick with the word. Stick with the word. Don't go nowhere. Stay with the word. Don't join the chorus of all of those. Don't jump in the don't jump in the line of all of those who are just wanting to throw dirt on the Bible or try to marginalize the Bible or try to minimize it. Don't don't stand in that chorus. Don't stand in that line because he says that in the end, my word is going to outlast everything and everybody. Bible says in Psalm 119 89 forever look at that forever forever oh Lord your word is settled in heaven settled is means to be resolved how many know God has already spoken <laughs> he's already spoken and he said my word is settled how many know you know you know parents sometimes we talk about kids you know how they keep begging and begging you know what I'm saying and then every now and then there comes a point in time we say okay shut it down it's, it's already been determined it's settled how many know that there are some things in life that is settled and the word of God is settled in other words it cannot change it will not change and man can't do anything about it his word is settled in heaven it's already recorded and from cover to cover, we have the word of God right here. It's settled. There ain't no other words of God. There ain't no other books that are outside of the book. Forever, Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. We can go to the bank on that. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11, I like this. It says, for as the rain comes down. I know the rain was coming down yesterday, wasn't it? This is a perfect illustration. You know how that rain was coming down yesterday, man? And the kids, we tried, because we, I didn't even want to go out, man. But I had to run out because it's my wife's birthday yesterday, and we had to do some things. But we're driving. And, boy, and it rained, I mean, consistently. 
I mean, at the same level pretty much all day. I mean, and it was like that cold rain that it hit you. It's cold and it's just, you're going to get wet and no way around it. It wasn't much of a break yesterday. But, 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 but having experienced that yesterday, now let's read this verse in the context of the rain that we experienced yesterday. Anybody go in that rain yesterday and get, get baptized? I did. It says, for as the rain comes down, watch this, as the rain comes down, think about how that rain was coming down yesterday. I mean, it came down with confidence, wasn't it? I mean, it was determined, wasn't it? And it got you wet. Rain gets you wet. Water gets you wet. And you knew when you walked out there, there was no question in your mind, right? You said, if I walk out here, I'm going to get wet. You didn't look out there and go, I wonder if I go out there, I'm going to get wet. Did anybody think that? He went out. No, 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 no. You knew you said, in fact, you were saying, I don't want to go out there because I know Got a shot of a doubt. Boy, it's, I'm going to get wet. So you didn't even want to go out there. I'm speaking for myself. He says, but as the rain comes down, watch it, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but it waters the earth and make, and, and, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Glory to God. So shall my word, watch this. Here's the illustration now. Get it now. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. See, boy, that's, that's powerful. Because, see, the verb which he's using is, he, he said, he's really wanting you to get it. He said, you know what, just like that rain was coming down and it was determined that it was going to wet things so that there'd be bread for the soil and there'd be seed and all that. He said, just as the rain, he said, so my word is the exact same way. Now watch this. He said, my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. Get it? But it shall accomplish what I please. Oh, good God. Are y'all hearing that this morning? He said, and, and he said, watch this now. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Glory to God. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, no matter what church, he's saying it. No matter what people say, what people think, he's wanting us to know that no matter what, that his word it's going to come. Whatever he says out of his mouth, it's going to happen. Look at the neighbor say, it's going to happen. He, that's really what he said. He's really saying, it's going to happen. He said, just like that rain come down, just like when it's snowing and waters the earth. He said, just like, he said, my word, when it comes out of my mouth, it's not going to come back to me. In other words, exactly what I said, it's going to happen. His word, when he says, how many know that he says he's coming back? If he says he's coming back, how many believe he's coming back? He is coming back. There's a coming judgment. Why? Because he says there's a coming judgment. He says we have eternal life. There is eternal life. Why? Because he says we have eternal life. His word is not going to return back to him void. He promises to take care of our needs. How do I know he's going to take care of my needs? Because he said he would. And how many know his words is not going to return void? Is anybody excited about that? See? He's saying that you can take my word to the bank. You can believe my word. That's what, essentially what he's saying. And so don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to those that will try to discredit the Bible. That is part for the course. That is what the enemy is doing. Satan is behind that. It's spiritual darkness at work. Stay with the word. The second point, the importance of meditating on the word of God. There's some great things here that God showed us here. As I was studying this and meditating. Psalm, how many of you want to be blessed in life? Come on, let me see you. How many of you, you just want God, you want God to move in life? You want to be blessed? You know, God gives us some things in his word 
He, he even tells us how to be blessed. Isn't that amazing? He said, okay, you want to be blessed? Yeah. Then he tells you, okay, if you do this, you'll be blessed. Isn't that amazing? So God's not playing hide and go seek with us. He's telling us, okay, here it is. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. I love this particular psalm. It says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. All right? So blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, look at that church, in other words, his delight, his, the thing that gets him excited, the thing that gets him pumped up, the things that make him, that make him, that, that just make him, uh, uh, gives him joy, just give him satisfaction, just give him peace, just give him enthusiasm, the thing that you delight, you, you know what I'm talking about, when you really delight in something, man, when you even hear about it, it brings a smile to your face. He's a, but his delight, what is your delight in? What do you delight in? What makes you smile every day? What gets you pumped up? What gets you excited? He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And watch this. And you can tell he delight in the law of the Lord. But pastor, why? Because it says that and in his law, he meditates on it day and night. Night and day. In other words, church, he or she is always thinking, meditating, and trying to apply the word of God. Now watch this. And he says, well, watch. Now I love this part. Here's the blessing part. Verse number three. And he shall be like a tree. Look at this. Planted by the rivers of water. Now say, I'm, don't, don't hold that thought. I'm going to come back to that here in a sec. That bring forth his fruit in his what? Season. How many know that fruit generally come in its season? God is a God of what? Seasons. Whose leaves also should not wither. And whatever he does, what? Shall prosper. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. Watch this. He said, now, he said now, blessed may he not walk in the counsel of an ungodly. In other words, he doesn't get his main counsel about life and how to live from the local news and news channels. Are y'all hearing me, church? I'm not saying we don't watch those. It's just not our primary source of life. You get me? You know, if those things don't line up with what we know to be true in God's word, we don't spend a lot of time listening to it anyway. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? So our counsel is not in, you know, TV, TV or the world's way of things. We're not standing in the path of sinners. In other words, we're not following the dictates of our fleshly appetites. No, we love God's word. This is the person who loves the word, who delights in it. They get their cues from the book. And then he says, watch. I love this. He said he shall be planted by the rivers of water. See, the idea that, see, when, when a tree is planted, that means it's stable. See, one of the things that happens in life with people run into this every now and then, where people get confused in life and they don't know which way to go. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, if you don't know which way, if you're at a point in your life right now, you're trying to figure out, here's what you do. He said, now, the man that meditates on the word of God. See, that word meditate means, watch this, to think deeply or to focus one's mind for an extended period of time. See? In other words, it's one who spends time digesting mentally and understanding and seeking to understand, how do I apply this word? So he said the person that is meditating, who loves the word of God, 
or who just take time and just think about it. And just think about, okay, what did, I, what, did, what, did, what did I just hear this morning? What did the pastor just say? I want to I chew on that for a minute. And it doesn't mean to meditate. It doesn't mean that just sitting down 24 hours a day, just sitting down and reading a book. It simply means that when you read it, you digest it. And how many know sometimes you read the word of God, it takes a few hours. It takes days. It takes months to digest it. But as a person that's constantly trying to apply the word of God, he's always, she's always thinking about how the word of God, she's always thinking, every, every aspect of her life seemed to drain, bring him or her back where? To what God's word says all the time. That's a person that's meditating day and night. And he said that person, that person would be like a tree planted. In other words, the reason why some Christians are not planted, they are confused, is because they're not in the word enough. See, one of the things that meditating in the word of God will do for you, it will get you planted, right? So that means you have a sense of where, where am I going? You have a sense of purpose. You have a sense of direction in life. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I went to college. I had a college degree and I was all over the place. I had a major and I had no clue what I was supposed to do. Let me tell you something. Can I be honest with you? God saved, walked with God, all of a sudden planted. Good God. I knew exactly where he wanted me to do. I knew exactly where he wanted me to go. Why? Because he revealed it to me through his word. He revealed it to me. And all of a sudden now, that which was confused. See, when you're not planted, you're confused. You're all over the place. You're gullible. You're subject to be tossed to and fro when you're not planted. He said, but boy, when you're planted, then you have the opportunity for God to water you on a regular basis. Y'all hear me? You're not all over the place. You're planted. Come on, everybody say planted. When you're planted, then you can, stay, you can get some water. But if you're all over the place, I can't water you because you ain't there. But when you're planted here in the word of God like you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be he said, look, 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 you're going to bring forth fruit in your season. And whatever you do, God will cause you to prosper. Why would he do it? Because you're meditating in this word. You remember he told Joshua. He told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 6 and 8. I, I, I'm not going to read it all. But Joshua chapter uh, 1, he told Joshua, be of good courage. <laughs> Moses had died. Here Joshua now is a little bit afraid. He's intimidated because, you know, Moses was some, some big uh, shoes to follow. Some big, uh, you know, feet to feel there. I mean, you know, this Moses was a giant in the faith. And here Joshua now finds himself. And God was telling him, he said, here Joshua, be strong, son. Be of good courage. You're going to be the one to lead the people to the land. What? 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 Wait a minute, Lord. Me? Little old me, yep, Joshua, you're going to be the one. But, Lord, how am I going to do that? How, God, am I going to do that? Because, I mean, I'm Joshua, you know, and God had to tell him three or four times. You know, whenever God had to repeat something to you, it's usually because he's trying to drive it home. Because typically, you know, there's something that's blocking either you're, you know, you're not quite getting it or you're unsure or you're unsure about yourself. You're unsure about it. So God had to tell you over and over again. He had to tell you. How many know God, how many had God tell you something over and over again? He said, be a strong son, be of good courage. You're going to take the people to the land. You tell them again, only be strong, son. Be courageous. I need you to be strong, courageous. All right? That you may observe, do according to all the law of Moses, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Man, if I can get young people to get that into their spirit. You know, if I can get my kids to get that into their spirit. You know what I'm saying? Man, how many know God wants to bless our children? God wants to bless us, but it's in the word. It's in the word. It's in the word, Jeremiah. It's in the word, destiny. It's in the word. Are y'all hearing me, church? That you may prosper wherever you go. And then well, look at verse number eight. Here's, here's the key. Now watch it. All because of meditating. Here it is right here. This book of the law, 
he, he, this is God telling him, he knew Joshua was a little bit afraid. He said, now, Joshua, here's the key. Here's, here's how you're going to get your boy. This is how you're going to do it. He said, now, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, I'm going to require you, son, to get in my word. I'm going to require you, son, to meditate in this word. But, Pastor, where you get meditate from? Okay, let's keep reading. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. There it is. Everybody say meditate. He said meditate in it day and night. There it is again. Get into this thing. Pastor, why every time I turn around, I've been in this church for years. Pastor, all you keep saying, telling me is get in the word. I'm trying to get you blessed. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. I ain't trying to be legalistic. I ain't trying to impose. I'm just saying, look, get into this book. Read it. Hear it. Put it in your ear. Get your iPods, whatever you got. Your whatever phone. Get, get, get it into your spirit. Why? He said, you shall meditate on it day and night, Joshua. And watch this. Watch it now. Not just meditate, but after, med after meditation then, there must be that what? That application. So why do we meditate? Oh, y'all with me. See, we're not meditating just for the sake of meditating so we can gain knowledge, get insights, so we can go back and tell, you know, have an argument with, you know, well, you know, have, have an argument with Sister Jean. But Jean, I'm going to let's have an argument about what the word of God said. No, he ain't giving you stuff till you can go argue with people. Not like that. No, no, he's, he's giving it to you. He said, I want you to meditate. Watch this. That you may observe. There it is. Everybody say observe. See, that's why he's telling you. So meditation must be coupled with observation, right? It must be coupled with a determination to say, I'm meditating so that what? I can make application. Because if I'm simply medicating and I'm not committed, then the word won't do me no good. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? So the meditation now becomes a powerful force because there's an intent behind that meditation to do what you're reading about. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But you shall meditate in the day and night, watch this Joshua, that you may observe do according to all that is in it. For then, see, for then, everybody say for then. In other words, not only, not, not until then, he said, Joshua, you're going to be blessed. You're going to take the people. But here's what you got. You got to meditate in my word. You got to sit in the book every single day in life. Because the way you're going to know how to live and make decisions in life, the way you're going to know how to figure life out, the way you're going to know how to make good decisions so you have a good job, so you can marry the right people, go to the right school, live in the right neighborhood. The way you're going to know all that stuff is because you got my word all up in you. <laughs> and, he said, and then, and only then, you will have good success. How I many know our generation today, man? We meditate on a lot of things, but we ain't meditating on the word. Come on. We want to meditate on, you know, come on, you know, Beyonce. Meditate on LeBron. Come on, church. You want to meditate on the Cowboys. That's right. I said it. I said it. You want to meditate on it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? We muse and we think more about that than we do the word. And then we wonder why we have no appetite for the word. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? I said it before, I say it again. You eat junk food, it takes your appetite. How many know the world is junk food? But this is meat. Oh, come on. This is, this is nutrition. This will help you uh, spiritually first, and it'll, it'll give you some benefit physically as well. I've come to discover it from my own life, man, that the word of God keeps, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. My kids like to pick at me. They like to call me, say, they like to call me, you know, every time I age a little bit, I get an extra year. They like to call me old. But I said, but I look better than all y'all. And I'm 52. And y'all, how, how old are you? 15, 20? You know, I'm 52. All right? Now, 
Listen, I ain't bragging. I'm just saying, people ask me, say, man, you don't look for this. I said, brother, you know, I'm just, because I'm just, look, when you walk in the word of God, you walk in the ways of God, God will make you look good. Right. I'm just saying, because there ain't no way you're going to look in this mirror, this book right here, and it reflects back on you, the glory of God. Somebody going to see that, and then that's your opportunity to say, let me tell you what God did for me, sister. It's, a, it's all God. That's all it is. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, give God praise. Yeah, it's all God. I mean, he said, Joshua, he said, Joshua, now he said, listen, son, if you do all this, I'm, I'm talking to you young people. Listen, he said, for then and only then you will make your way prosperous. There it is right there. You will make your way. Well, I want to be prosperous, mom, dad. I want to make money. I want to make an impact in this world. Here's what the book says. Parents right here say, okay, come on, sit down right here. Kids, kid, sit, sit right here. Sit right here. You, did you say you want to do what? Come here, sit down. Let me tell you how. And read the book to them. And then see how they react. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He said, but he didn't, he didn't only say that. He didn't only say that he'll make your way prosper. Then he say something about good success. Everybody say good success. How many know you can be a drug dealer, but that ain't good success? You're making a lot of money. That ain't good success. Oh, come on, church. How many, <laughs> you can have success doing a whole lot of things, right? But how many know we want good success? He said, I'll give you good. See, this is what God want to do. All this comes from what? Just meditating in the word. Just opening up the book every day. I'm going to read the word of God. Jeremiah, he and I were sitting on the porch in Florida, man. We had a talk. Didn't I talk to you, son? And I said, I said, son, I said, I want you, I said, look, I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. I said, son, the most important thing you do every single day is get in this book and you read it. Because your life, you will be all over the map. You will not be that tree planted by the rivers of water until you get firmly into the word of God. The word of God will plant you. It will help you. How many know God is on your side? Channel 7 ain't really on your side. God is on your side. I know that's their slogan. Y'all, y'all, some of y'all didn't get that, but David goes on to say, before, I'm gonna say this one more thing before I go into my third point, and I'm gonna end this. I'm all excited. Can y'all tell I'm excited? Are y'all are y'all is anybody being helped this morning? He says, Psalm 119, 97. He said, David, the psalmist says this: Oh, how I love your law. Oh, this is just wonderful. He says, it is my meditation some of the day. You got that verse? What is that? Some of the day? Oh, ain't that something? Oh, how I love your law. That means his word, the Bible. That's what he's saying for purposes of his message. It is my meditation all the day. He says, watch this now. Now watch this. Now y'all got to stay with me because this is good. Y'all, If you're under 18, stand up. Come on. Everybody under 18. If you're under 18, sit down, Walter. If you're under 18, stand up. Stand up. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Now watch. <laughs> he said, oh, I love you a lot. It is my, he said, watch it. It is my meditation all day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. So watch. So God is saying, that when you meditate in his word, God will give you wisdom over your enemies. He'll teach you how to overcome your enemies. Now watch it. It don't even stop there. Watch this. And it'll make me, watch it. It'll make me wiser than my enemies, for they're ever with me. You always have enemies. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I have more understanding than all my teachers. You know, 
let me tell you something. When you start, young people, when you start meditating the word of God and you start just, just reading it every day, sooner or later, especially if you start going like in, in the book of Proverbs and stuff like that, you start spinning, then, you know, you'll be able to educate your teacher. They'd be sitting there, like, well, where'd you get all this wisdom from? What, who taught you all that? You've been, I just read the Bible. How many know that reading the Bible will, will open your understanding about all of life? And you'll find out that a lot of people, see, when I, when I got saved and started reading this book, I realized how much in darkness I was. Then I realized how much darkness people are. Then you start realizing your teachers, they're in darkness. They need light. And they'll hear you talking. You're, you're sitting there talking stuff. You ain't, even, you, you ain't even quoting chapter and verse. You're just speaking out principles of the word of God because it's in you. Over time, they'll be like, people look at you like, well, where'd you get that information from? They start taking notes. They start listening to you because he make you wiser than your teachers. Oh, good God. He said, I, I, have more, he said, I have more understanding than my teacher. For my testimonies are, for your testimonies are my meditation, my meditation, my meditation. He said, I, I understand more than all the ancients <laughs> because I keep your word. I believe that God is raising up a generation of young people today that will educate their teachers about life. Because without God, they're walking in darkness. Y'all can be seated. Without, without God, they're walking in darkness. And you stand in that light. And all I'm saying, church, and, 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 I, and I know this to be true because I feel like, and I, and I don't, and don't, don't misunderstand me because I'm not speaking from a place of pride here, but I, this is the way I feel. I feel like that I can, I can chummy it up, chummy or, or talk or communicate with the best of them because all I'll be coming back to is the book. So you can be a philosopher, PhD, you can have PhDs, you can have great doctor distance, you can have six different degrees. I ain't intimidate, I ain't inti but if you don't know the book, I already got an edge on you. Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, this is why this is why I think, y'all, y'all listen. This is where I think when I gotta go speak in front of people, right? Who who are not Christian, but I gotta stand in front. I always feel like this. I feel like I know more than y'all. And I got something that I can educate you. Because you don't know the book. You got, you got worldly knowledge, but you don't know the book. And the book is real knowledge. How many know the world are just coming around to, you know, the principle, for an example. For an example, the Bible says that the greatest among you should be serving all. Jesus said that thousands of years ago, a couple thousand years ago he said that. And you got companies now just figuring out that the best leaders are servant leaders. They're learning that it's about serving. Jesus said it a long time ago. They're behind. They're behind. But because you meditate in the word, you're two or three steps ahead of them. If you meditate in the word, he'll make you wiser, smarter. And people will take note and look at you and say, man, where you get that information from, man? <laughs> oh, come on. Finally, let's look at the power of applying the word of God. This is, this is, now this is, this is kind of like the culmination of everything I talked about. So we talked about the first thing we did. We talked about the longevity of the word. So you can have confidence in it. We talk about the importance and the blessing of meditating in the word. And I do pray that you meditate in the word. Now, finally, here it is right here, church. The power of application. This is what the sermon title is all about. It's about application. So we go back to Psalm. We go back here to, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Now, Jesus has a question. This ain't, a, this ain't pastor, so don't back I don't want anybody to get upset at Pastor Bailey. I want y'all to listen. This is what Jesus says. He said, now, now and I'm, I'm going to read this verse. 
And I want you to hear the implication behind what Jesus is saying. Because he makes a statement, but the statement got like a several different meanings. There's some thoughts that's coming along with it. Watch what he says. Now watch. He says, but look at verse number Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He said, now, but why do you call me Lord and do not do the things which I say? Wow. Now, he's saying something. There. He said, now, he said, now, why do you call me? Now, a lot of people run around saying, you know, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for saying. He said, but why do, you call, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? What? Well, I know the Bible says, watch this. Now, I'm going to pick on some folks, you know. Uh, so if you're listening, if you're here, if you're listening by media, then don't, don't get offended. It's just the, the word of God. But, you know, the Bible says, you know, submit to your husband or submit to authority, to leisure. How many know you're supposed to submit? Oh, watch this. Oh, some of you got me. Oh, 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 I, oh, I just stepped right in it. But the Bible said, he said, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? Watch. Now, when you make a decision to say, I ain't, then the word of God says something, you look at it and you say, I ain't going to do it. Here's the implication. Watch. Are you still with me? Say amen. He said, then why are you calling me your Lord then? Am I really your Lord? He throws that out there. I don't throw it. He's saying, he said, why are you calling me Lord? You don't even have any commitment. See, this is not talking about perfection, church. It's about a commitment to obey the word of God. All of us fall short at times. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But in our minds, we all agree. If you're a Christian that love Jesus, you got to agree with God. I, I laugh at some folks who tell me, listen, you know what? I don't care no more. I'm just going to go all out. But you, listen, listen, I have a problem with folk that sit here and say, well, you know, uh, I'm a Christian. But yet when but, but yet when the Bible calls and says that something is a sin, they want to call it something else. They ain't even in agreement with God. Then you ain't a Christian yet. It, listen, you may struggle to follow it. We all struggle. Come on. But we all got to agree. The book, the book says what it says. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Listen, we all may struggle from time to time. Anybody here struggle obeying God sometimes? We all struggle. But, but listen, but if we're, if we're truly Christians, we agree with the book. How many, how many, if you're a Christian, you say God is right and I'm wrong? 100% of the time, God is always right and I'm wrong. So watch. So even though I may not even like it, I got to go with because the book says it. And if God's word said it, then I'm in agreement with it. Then I got to keep working in my life to what? Bring myself into conformity to what it says. But if I'm at a place where I'm saying, I don't need to agree with that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I ain't agreeing with that. No, I don't like that. How many know the Bible is not like a, it's not like a buffet? You can't just pick and choose. What you, oh, come on, church. A lot of people treat the Bible like it's a buffet, man. You know, I don't want that. I don't want it. This, I don't want that. Then you're going to get something else. You know how they waste food. But that's how people treat the word of God. The word of God is not meant to be wasted. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? It's meant to be digested. Oh, come on, church. We need to slow down. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord? You don't even do what I say. But watch, he says, he, was, he said, but whoever comes to me and hear my words, my sayings, and do it. Everybody say, do it. He said, I will show you to whom he is like. Watch this. He said, Jesus, I like how you use verbiage here. He said, he will be like a, he will be like a man building a house 
who dug deep and laid the foundation, 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 no pun intended, foundation on the rock, on the rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently against that house. It could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. So Jesus said what? He said, so the person that not only hears my word, because there's a lot, everybody in this room right now who's listening by audience, you're hearing the word. But here's the question. He said, until you do it, you will be a person. And how many know the winds and the waves and the troubles of life going to come at us? Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? You know it's going to come, right? You're going to have trouble. Problems, issues. Watch. And he said, now, the person that lives their life in such a way that they're committed to obeying my word. He said, man, when the winds and the waves hit, man, and, and when it's all said and done, the sun come back out, you're going to still be standing strong blossoming in the things of God. Why? Because you heard it and you made application. Are you hearing me, church? You made application and you obeyed. Therefore, when the winds and waves came to you in your life, you were not shaken. Nobody, nobody was looking up and say, hey, where's Gene? Hey, where's Bobby? Hey, where, I haven't seen him for six years. What happened? No, brother, because the wind and wave, they, how many know, how many you been beat up a little bit, but you're still standing? Come on. Come on. Yeah, you've been, yeah, you took a couple of blows. <laughs> Come on, church. I mean, you've been, and a couple of times you thought you're going to snap. Anybody here ever thought they're going to snap? And somehow, boy, when they all said, no, what am Here you are, the sun shining, look at you. You still sitting there looking pretty, blossoming in the things of God. Why, church? Because you heard the word and you made application. But here's the contract. He said, but the person who just hears it, <laughs> And did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. Without a foundation. Without a foundation, foundation church. Without a foundation. Against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Why was it great? Because that was a person that was hearing, but they weren't making application. And people who hear and they're not trying, they're not committed to doing. See, you just can't come to church to hear. You got to come to church to obey. You got to don't just come to church to hear. You got to come to the church to obey. You got to don't just come to the word of God to hear it. But you got to come with the attitude that I want to obey it. Why? He said, because now when the because what happened is now when, when life pressures come, man, you're wiped away. You, you're locked up because you have no roots in the word of God. Therefore, you're taken away. And he says, man, you're not going to. And he said, and great will be the fall. Great is the ruin of that house. A per, this is the one. This is the contrast between the person that does it and the person who listens. And then finally, in one more verse, and we're going to be done. Uh, well, I'm way behind here, but Okay. I'm going to, so let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go, let me go to uh, uh, James, and I'm going to call it quits here, because I think I went long enough. I'm going to go to James, and then I'm going to forego Luke, because <clears throat> we don't have enough time. The, the call to be a doer of the word. Look at James. So James was the first verse we read. He says, therefore, and this is how we uh, introduce the sermon, therefore, let us out all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, receive with meekness the implanted word. How many know right now the word of God is being implanted? It's being implanted right now. But how many know until you receive it, receive it means to embrace it, means an attitude to apply it until you receive it. See, there's a lot of people who sit and they don't receive. And as a consequence of not receiving, they're not growing. See, we're talking about maturity, right? You can't grow. See, a seed cannot grow. A seed don't even have a chance 
if it's been, if, if once you, if, if you drop it into the ground, a seed don't even have a chance, man. If, if it's not even, if, if it doesn't stay put, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? If it's, if it's not, if the, if the ground don't receive that seed, that seed is not, is nothing's going to happen. See, if, if, if this word, which is a seed is being planted in, in, in the soil, your heart, which is a soul, if it's not even receiving it, if you're not, then, then, you know, it's going to spit it. And you're, you're just going to hear words, but it means nothing to you. You're sitting in church, but it's like, what does it mean? It means nothing. A pastor, I don't understand the word. God just not, God's not going to give you understanding if you're not committed to obeying it. Y'all remember I said it before? If there's no commitment to obey, why would he give you understanding? What do you want understanding for? So you can go do an argument? To you can go and tell people how wise you are? No. He said, watch. He said, he says, uh, receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The word of God implanted into your heart will save you, no doubt. You're witnesses of that. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. There it is. Deceiving your own selves. Now, I believe this deception comes in a lot of ways. Deception can come in a way of a person who perhaps or possibly that because they're not committed to doing the word, they're not even saved. That's a possibility. Can't say for sure, but he said, he said, you're deceiving. He said, if you're just being a hearer and you're not a doer, you're being deceived. You're deceiving yourself at, at, at the very least. Uh, at the very least, you're not growing. You're not advancing spiritually at all. Your prayer life will have no weight, anything like that. Why? Because you're, you're not committed to doing. You're just a hearer. You're deceiving yourself. And in fact, there's a lot of people that walk into church week in and week out and they think they're okay with God just because they show up. God, I did you a favor today by showing up. You know how some people walk into church thinking that way? They did God a favor. Come on, seriously. But he said in verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and they're not a doer, you're like a man observing your natural observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of person he was but but he who looks into the law perfect law of liberty and he continues in it there it is continues in it in other words stay in it obey it that's what it means to obey it not just hear it but obey it obey it obey it and be not and not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed well who is the blessed one the blessing is in the doing it's not just in the knowing. The blessing is in the doing. And there's a lot of people right now, I, I, I hate to say it, I know a lot of people like that, man, that they, um, they know Bible, but their life is not being transferred by Bible. It's not being um, uh, conformed to the Bible because they're not receiving the word. They're just getting head knowledge. Head knowledge alone can't save you. Head knowledge ain't going to save you. This book, how many know that, that Christianity, this is a faith walk. This is spiritual. And if you're just trying to get head knowledge, then you can go back to the other faith. There are a whole lot of different faiths that you can get all the head knowledge you want. They'll bust your head wide open with knowledge. But how many know that this book was life? The Bible says that the word of God is quick, powerful. Hebrews uh, 4.12. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. How many know this book is living? And this book is, this book, this is a living book, and it's cutting hearts, it's, and it cuts because it's saving men even today. The word of God is saving people. 
by this book. This book right here saved people. This is, it's a book of life. It's not a book to be read to just to, to gain knowledge. And it's a book to be applied. And then you'll experience a full measure of what it means to walk with God. The blessing of it. It's in doing, not in knowing. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.